Boston Celtics got some playoff intensity. I'll tell you why I thought they needed this and they actually did what they needed to do. Plus, why it was a nearly perfect first half. Kristaps Porzingis was awesome. They have no answers, but I've got them for you right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day, and I got you covered every single Monday through Friday, plus bonus podcasts when they play in the weekend, which they are not because it's the all-star break next weekend. But I got you covered whenever the Celtics play all week long. Uh, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you are on that YouTube page. Get into the comments section. Hop in there, have a discussion, let people know what you're thinking about the Boston Celtics win over the Miami Heat, 110-106. I'm John Corrales. I used to play a long time ago. Now I'm covering the Celtics for a Boston Sports Journal. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Celtics get the win. I'll talk about the guys who played well, Porzingis and Tatum later on. The Jalen Brown, Duncan Robinson thing, which was whatever. I'll, I'll get into that a little bit more a little bit later on. But I will start by saying that that was the, the reason why this game turned into playoff intensity. That moment and the ensuing... Uh, post-review, face-to-face, uh, you know, Duncan Robinson still wasn't, had, hadn't said his full piece yet, and Jalen Brown wasn't having it. He was like, what are you going to do? All of that stuff kind of turned up the volume in the building, turned up the quote-unquote heat, so to speak, in the building, and turned a, you know, a, a just a, it wasn't just the regular season game because these two teams really don't seem to like each other a whole lot. And, you know, just in general, franchise wise, the, you know, Heat fans, Heat fans are going to be in the comments here saying, like, you only won by four. Oh, it's kind of like the Shelbyville people. I guess that's why we beat them in football nearly half the time and thinking it's a burn. Uh, you lost, and there are reasons why you lost. And, uh, you know, didn't have Jimmy Butler. I'll give you that. Uh, but look, the the Heat didn't execute and didn't make shots down the stretch. They had opportunities and they didn't make the shots. The Celtics made the plays down the stretch. But that Duncan Robinson, Jalen Brown thing was when everything just turned up and it became playoff. Not not you know up until that point it was you know in, intense. It was a, a high level regular season game to playoff intensity, building loud. Uh, Miami playing at an incredible level. That was a five-point play. All of a sudden, it went from the Celtics having like a 9-10, 11-point lead somewhere in there, kind of comfortable-ish, but it went from that to, uh-oh, it's a two-possession game. And then it got hot for the rest of the way. 
and things started to get playoffy, chippy, uh, intense. And the Celtics absolutely needed this. And it's, it's not bad that they had this thing. Like we on the outside sit there and have our preconceived notion. This is how the game should have gone. They should have won this by, I don't know, whatever you think. I don't know, Miami Heat fans. What do you think the Celtics should have won this game by? 12, 15, whatever it is. We set that expectation. Whenever there's an expectation set, when it doesn't meet that, people get a little upset. Well, uh, Joe Mazzulla said something in this game, uh, after this game, that I was like, you know what? This is perfect. This is perfect for these guys. He said, don't wish it for, don't wish for it to be anything other than what it is. And I think that is such a great line. And the Celtics, if they take anything that Joe Mazzulla has said to heart, it's that line. Don't wish for it to be anything other than what it is. That is perfect. I love that line because you know what? The guys on the team think the same thing that we think sometimes. Oh, this is Washington. And we're just going to go out and be cool. And we're just going to win anyway. And we'll, we'll just do a few of these things. We'll do these things. And these things will add up to a, an easy win because we're good and they're bad. And that's how it goes. And when those things don't add up to an easy win, I think guys in the four start to get a little tight. They start to get a little into like the, hey, this this was supposed to go a certain way, and it's not. And I think that's what fuels the playing too fast, some of the turnovers, and some of that other stuff. The, the notion of don't wish for it to be anything other than what it is tells these guys Forget about what you thought. Don't come in thinking what this game is supposed to be. Come in thinking this is how we're supposed to play. Think like this is how we're going to um, execute. This is how we're going to uh, make our plays. This is what we're going to do to uh, score these buckets, to get our open shots, to get to how to defend all this stuff. And if you just do that, you just adjust to how the game is going to go. And sometimes it doesn't go your way. You, so, It's like a game of blackjack. Sometimes you go and say, yeah, I am going to stay on a 16 because the dealer's showing a four. And you say, yeah, that's the smart thing to do. You do what you're supposed to do. You play it right and you lose. You know, dealer flips a seven, blends a 10 and boom, you know, all right, blackjack. There we go. And you do it again and you do the right thing and you lose again. You do the right thing and you lose again. And that's, that can be how it goes. It's all about weathering that storm and making the play you're supposed to make to win the game. Because it's not, when it comes to the playoffs, it's not about slamming the door. It's not about, hey, you had an 11-point lead or 12-point lead, and you should have kept that 12-point lead. Maybe you should have won by 15. It's about, they're hyped up, right? You got the mix up with Duncan Robinson. You got all that stuff. Uh, the crowd is hyped. Bam out of bio is hyped. Everybody is hyped. They're starting to make plays. They are, they're playing at a different speed than you. They're doing different things than you. They are outplaying you in this stretch. Okay. That happens. That happens in the playoffs. It's not going to go the way you think. So this game gave them that opportunity. 
They are outplaying us. The momentum is getting away from us. How do we make that one, two, three plays to change that, to hold them off? Because in a playoff series, it doesn't matter if you slam the door or or build a build a big lead. All that matters is you have more points than them at the end of a game in a playoff series, especially on the road. Because if you handle your business at home, then you take care of a game or two on the road like this, boom, you win. It's about weathering storms and making two, three plays. Well, guess what the Celtics did? They made two, three plays. Jalen didn't have the best close to the game, right? But he hit a big shot with a few minutes to go, a big three-pointer, and he tracked down that loose ball, that offensive rebound. Um they and 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 kept that possession alive. They had a, a big offensive rebound that ended up with a Kristaps Porzingis three-pointer. Like they had those big plays, and they didn't outscore Miami down the stretch. They didn't play a, a style that we thought, well, that's a, that's going to inspire a lot of confidence in us. Like I, in the most obvious sense, you look at how they played down the stretch, and you go. I don't know if I like how they closed this game, but what they did was they did enough. They played with the physicality. They played with the poise necessary to find a way to win that game in a playoff-like scenario, an intense scenario where the other team has it all rolling. And Tyler Hero is suddenly unstoppable and hitting from the logo and just getting to his right hand and launching and scoring 20 points in the second half. And you're like, what are we like? They've, we've seen this movie before. So yeah, I know they didn't have Jimmy Butler and it's not exactly like, uh, you know, a perfect, uh, you know, comparison, but whatever the situation is to me, the big takeaway from this game should be they found in the midst of a lot of things going wrong and the other team having momentum and the other team doing things at home to steal a game after a crazy thing to happen. The Celtics found the ways, found the little things to do, the defense, the rebounding, and tracking down these loose balls and making making enough of the shots they needed to make to win this game. So I can see why. Joe Mazzulla was very happy after the game. I can see why these were this, this was a great opportunity for the Celtics to get playoff type reps and excel. One question I kept getting is why are the Celtics running their offense through Jalen Brown? Why are they playing these last few minutes this way? I'll tell you why next. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at LinkedIn. They've got a thing called LinkedIn Jobs, and it's pretty cool because when you're hiring for your small business, you don't have a lot of time to spend on searching for talent. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find that talent faster and for free. You're building a team just like Brad Stevens is building a team, and LinkedIn Jobs is kind of like your cheat code. It's not just another job board. They get this huge network of more than a billion with a B, billion professionals. That makes it the best place 
to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. They're all in this one place on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn does all that while making the process super easy and intuitive. We've got that many high quality candidates. It's very easy to hire. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Imagine how easy it is to find a qualified candidate amongst a billion people within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing many hats. You don't have time. Uh, they're finding ways to make the process easier all the time. They even launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making that even easier and quicker. Two and a half million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. You should too. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MBA. That's linkedin.com slash MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. How about heading over to Locked On Sports today when you're done here? They'll be talking about the Super Bowl, which I is on in the background as I'm recording, and the 49ers are up by three. Uh, yeah, I'm recording a podcast during the Super Bowl because you need your podcast, and I want it there for you. Once the game is over, I want it there for you. So you'd be like, oh, let me listen. Let me go back to basketball. Boom. So go check out Locked On Sports today on YouTube, 24-7 streaming sports. It's uh, it's a lot of fun over there, and it's on all day, every day on YouTube. Why did the Celtics run their late-game offense through Jalen? Why do they have certain matchups on the floor? Why did they do Why did they do some of the things? Why does Joe Mazzulla do some of the things that he does at the end of the games? Because these situations, a game like this, you, you are watching the game and living and dying by the result, which you get to do. You're a fan. You sit there and you're like, how do the Celtics do everything they can to win this game? And the Celtics want to win the game, right? They want to. They also, when it's happening and it's starting to go south or it's a, it's a playoff intensity, Missoula and his staff will sit there and be like, oh, wow, this is such a great opportunity. We can't replicate this situation anywhere. So we might need to use Jalen Brown as the point of attack guy in playoff scenarios. We might need to do that. So let's get some reps here. Let's put the ball in Jalen's hands as the primary ball handler in pressure situations. And let's get some film here so we can see what he does. Let's see the decisions that he makes. And then tomorrow, uh, before they go to Brooklyn or after they get to Brooklyn, they can be on, you know, in a film session and be like, okay, JB, here's what you did here, 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 and here. This was good. You didn't make this pass. You got, you got too fast here. You got too deep there. You weren't aware of your surroundings here, so on and so on and so on. To me, to Joe Missoula, to the staff, to the Celtics, the, the, the opportunity to get Jalen Brown, these, the, the, these chances to, run the offense, especially after the whole Duncan Robinson thing. When he's amped up and like in a very high testosterone, angry, what are you going to do about it state? Okay, now let's put the ball in your hands. Now let's see you. Let's see what you got. And you are sitting there looking at it going like, he's not doing well. He's not doing great. I don't understand this. Well, now you understand it. Now, this is the opportunity to be like, hey, you know what? Let's here, just dive in. Let's let's throw you into the deep end of the pool. Go for it. Different matchups. Why did they go with double big 
in certain scenarios? Why do they go with certain plays in certain scenarios? Those are the types of things that the Celtics, when they when you have a situation like this Heat game, they just they Joe was like, Yeah, let's go play again right now after the game. Let's go play again right now. Because he wants more, more film, more, let's more opportunity. This is this is like a practice to them. And they still found a way to win the game, which is great. So it's not all just about what did they do in these 48 minutes to win this particular game, and that's the only analysis that you get. It's what do you do in a playoff-type scenario uh, to, like I said in the first section, how do, you, how do you find ways to hold a team off? And now it's how do you coach a team in a way now that allows you to say, okay, now we've got some film on this. This is what I've seen how the Celtics catalog their stuff. You can, you can in a heartbeat during a timeout go click, 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 click here. Hey, remember in this Miami game, uh, back in February, we had this situation and there, this could be against Milwaukee. Same exact situation. Click, click, click. Here's the, here's the thing. Bring it up at halftime. This is what we're going to do in the second half now. All right. This is what we're going to do in the fourth quarter. This is why you do things. Now, that Jalen Brown, Duncan Robinson thing, I think, was so overblown. I understand what Duncan Robinson was saying because it was a dangerous play. Let's see. I don't think it was dirty. It was not dirty. Jalen Brown, I do not believe Jalen Brown is doing anything to try to hurt another player. That's not Jalen Brown. Now, did he get caught up in the moment? Getting wrapped up with with, uh, Duncan Robinson? Sure. Did he intend to trap his arm and intentionally try to hurt? No, but it was dangerous because of the way the arm was, was bent. So if I was Duncan Robinson, no doubt, I would be pissed too. No doubt about it. Now I could go back and look at it and maybe I'd, I'd get in touch with Jalen Brown or something. I don't know. Be like, well, what, what, what was that? Honestly? And I think Jalen could look at it afterwards and look at the play and be like, I, I get it. Because if it happened to him, he'd be pissed. So um, I, I feel like Duncan Robinson had his had his point, but Jalen was not trying to do anything dirty. He was not trying to hurt Duncan Robinson. Uh, none of that was was intentional. It was fun to see like a little bit of beef. And after the game, I think I think the most telling thing, and I hope the Heat fans who are in here hate listening hear this bam out of bio didn't say didn't say i think that was intentional what he said was i agree with duncan robinson he feels it was intentional and i back my teammates that's what bam out of bio said so bam knows what the intent was there and i don't think that it was intentional and i think bam out of bio knows it wasn't intentional and ultimately, I think Duncan Robinson can understand that it wasn't trying to hurt. It was heat of the moment, and it was a dangerous play because of how his arm was trapped. But that's it. Now, thankfully, he didn't get hurt. The intensity kicked up. Kudos to Miami for feeding off that intensity. The flagrant one gave them the opportunity to get that five-point play. It was a game-changing moment. It really it turned that part of the game into something completely different from the first part of the game. First part of the game was kind of like a different animal. And 
I thought the Celtics did really well in the first part of the game. So, but this turned it into something completely different and intense. And like, I think the Celtics should thank Duncan Robinson for reacting the way he did because it gave them this opportunity that I've been talking about. The first half of this game was damn near perfect for the Celtics. Damn near perfect. But it wasn't like, oh, they, they were up 70 to 40. Why was it perfect? I'm going to explain that to you in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Nissan. They know that you like to push things a little bit further as a driver, don't you? Don't you ever wonder what adventure could be around that next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level, like the 2024 Nissan Rogue. The Rogue is perfect for city drives, great escapes, and it's got class-exclusive Google built in, so it's always uh, the assistant that you can call on for just about anything that you want. You don't have to connect your phone. The Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store, they're all built right in to a 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. How about the classic, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder? It has room for up to eight people, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. And with 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds of towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada, and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out Locked On NBA, which I host on Wednesdays. Not this Wednesday because the Celtics play Tuesday night in Brooklyn. So I'll be covering the Celtics exclusively that night. But Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans has that show covered with whichever guest host. And whoever they find is always a good a good guest host because we got great hosts all across the network. It's rotating hosts all week long. Check out Lockdown NBA wherever you get your podcasts or here on the YouTube page. First half of this game against Miami, I thought was perfect. And not in the sense of they play a perfect first half, all the shots are falling, they're up 70 to 40, the defense is amazing and all that stuff. No. In the first half, they're up 59 to 50. A nice lead. They held Miami to an average of 25 points per quarter. So 50 points at halftime is good. That's going to win you a lot of games. They held Miami to 6 of 21 from 3, only 8 free throws. Now, they did give up 7 offensive rebounds, but 3 of them were on one play, and then they had a couple on a different play. For a while there, up until the middle of the second quarter, they only had given up 2 offensive rebounds. Second chance points were minimized. Meanwhile, the Celtics had a nice balance between three pointers, two pointers. Uh, I thought you know they had 15 assists on their 23 baskets. They they turned Miami over five times. All of this is process stuff. All of this is stuff that the Celtics are trying to do and benchmarks that they're trying to hit throughout the course of a game. And I thought the process, this is the process that Joe Mazzulla loves to talk about after games. The process was great. The process was just about perfect. They did lose some of it in some of the offensive rebounding, but for a while there in that first half, I thought they came out with the right intensity. They came out with the right effort. They were clearing away a bunch of rebounds. They were contesting all of the shots. It was a very, like, when they talk about intentional basketball and process-oriented basketball, this is the type of game that 
the Celtics that first half. I kind of point, I'll point you to that first half often. That was kind of how the Celtics are supposed to play. If they come out with that kind of intentionality, uh, you know, and when I say intentionality, they are playing with a purpose. They are, the picks are the right picks at the right angles. They, they are moving with the right intentions, right? They're going, they're spacing the floor. Well, when Jason Tatum has the ball in a certain spot, the guys are, there's, there were cuts to open up, uh, open shots. I remember specifically Derek white with a nice cut down the middle in the first quarter that opened up a skip pass over to a corner three pointer. They, uh, switching, recognizing plays and switching against Miami cuts that kind of took away some of the things that the Celtics were doing on the other end. Uh, so that type of stuff, recognizing things, moving with a purpose, that kind of stuff, like that was good like for, for all of this, like 110, 106, like, Oh, people are talking about the Celtics almost collapsed and Oh, this didn't feel great. I come away from this Miami game thinking like great first half, uh, third quarter, they, they did well, but then they started to give up some of the, th- the, the second chances, the offensive rebounds, some of the shooting kind of, uh, got back to like water found its level there a little bit with Miami. They were, they were missing some shots in the first half that they hit in the second half. Tyler hero started to get going. He got to his right hand. He got some, some clean looks and he hit them. So that was going to keep them close. Uh, so there certainly, I'm not going to say that I thought the Celtics played a perfect game by any means, but the, the process of the first half and the close of the game where they found the ways to um, hold off Miami. I come away from this game with a very positive feeling. They swept the series against Miami. Christoph Porzingis was awesome. Got to his spots again, 8 of 14, 2 of 4 from 3, 9 rebounds, 25 points overall, 7 of 9 from the line. Uh, They had no answers for Porzingis, but they didn't go, uh, they didn't, have an over-reliance on Porzingis. Jalen Brown, aside from that last stretch where he had some problems, no doubt, three turnovers in the fourth quarter, uh, or th- yeah, three turnovers in the fourth quarter, uh, sure, but he hit some big shots. He's he, 20 points, nine rebounds, two assists for him. He did have the six turnovers, okay? So again, Jalen, up and down type of game, but I thought he, he played well for most of it. Jason Tatum, obviously, Probably should have started with him. 26 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. It wasn't an over-reliance on Porzingis. They did a lot of things. They took 39 three-pointers. Good mix, 39 three-pointers, which led to, so that's uh, 42 two-pointers. They got to the line 17 times. They missed some late free throws. They can't do that. Uh, That's something that, that, that's just a, I don't know. There's no coaching there. There's no nothing. It's just, you've got to, you got to do it. You got to hit your free throws there. And uh, yeah, like Jalen missed a couple of late free throws. You got to hit those. You can't get caught up in that moment. You've got to be focused. But Porzingis was spectacular. And that's exactly what you need against a team like Miami. You need him to be that matchup nightmare. And then Tatum did a great job getting to the rim often. I don't know how he only got two free throws. And frankly, the two free throws were only because they were fouling at the end. How does Jason Tatum drive, get into the paint 10 times, 
and not get fouled once. Are you telling me Jason Tatum, big, huge, 6'9", 230-pound Jason Tatum, driving the way he did, didn't get fouled once against Miami? Are you kidding me? Not once? So that was frustrating for him, I'm sure. But defensively, he had a huge block on Adebayo down the road, down, down in the down the stretch. Uh, two blocks for him, two blocks for Porzingis. Celtics defense did a, you know a pretty good job throughout most of the game, and they found their spots down the stretch. They rebounded well. So I thought individually, uh, Drew Holiday got a shout out. Drew Holiday, third quarter, nine points in the third quarter, fifteen points. I always love to say clutch shots don't happen in the fourth quarter. Drew Holiday hit two three-pointers at the end of the third quarter that I thought were clutch, huge baskets. Miami was was pushing. He hits those two threes, gets that lead back up to like 9, 10, 11, whatever it was. Those were monster baskets. That If he doesn't hit those, the entire dy- dynamic of this game changes. So shout out to Drew Holiday with you know how he you know his, his offense and hitting those shots 5 of 6 from 3 just a monster shooting night makes up for Derek White you can say that he and Derek White combined to be 5 of 11 which is a great percentage 5 5 for <laughs> 6 for Holiday over 5 for Derek White not the best shooting night obviously but four assists uh, a block shot which was an awesome block shot uh he just great defense all around from him so not the best shooting night obviously but hey Sam Hauser hit a couple of shots. That was good. Peyton Pritchard hit a couple of shots. That was good. Uh, Al Horford, huge defense down the stretch. Three block shots for him. He made some big plays. So, look, for a Sunday afternoon game uh, in Miami, intense to start, really playoff level at the end, I come away from this game very encouraged. I take a lot of positives out of this game. This is not a negative. I, I'm not coming out of this game negative in any way whatsoever. So shout out to the Celtics. And, you know, good riddance to the Miami Heat. I hope they I hope they lose in the in the play-in tournament or lose in the first round. I don't care to see them again anymore. They're annoying. I'm done with Miami. We're I'm I'm through with them. They can, Jimmy Butler can go do whatever to, I don't know, the Milwaukee Bucks. Do those you guys go play in the sand again. I'm done with them. So hopefully we've seen the last of them this season. If not, well, you're just going to have to beat them in the playoffs, which I just, can we go somewhere else? I know it's Miami. I know it's Miami in the spring, but can we go somewhere else? I guess I I shouldn't, if I end up having to go to Cleveland instead of Miami, I'm going to revisit this and be like, that's, I should have just shut up. Just just enjoy Miami. (laughs) Uh, Whatever it is, we'll see down the stretch. But two games against Brooklyn coming up this week. Tuesday and Wednesday, then the all-star break. So getting through that first section of the NBA season is tough stretch run. When we come back, I'll be here for all of it. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, make sure that you are on that YouTube page, hop in the comments. Let me know what you think about what I've been saying, what I've been thinking. Do you agree? Not agree. Miami heat fans. Shut up. Just shut up. You lost. You lost three times to the Celtics. You can't come into this chat and be like, talking any smack. You lost three times this year to the Celtics. So, but whatever, if you want to go ahead, whatever, if you want to, you listener, you, hi, you get to rebut them in the, in the uh, chat, in the comments. You can also share the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody 
that they should be listening to this fine podcast, this wonderful podcast, this Lockdown Celtics podcast. It's everywhere, and they should be listening to and watching here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day.